In case you needed any reminder, the future at Ohio State is very, very bright. Ryan Day is putting together a juggernaut. This program is not going away. Good reminder of that Thursday night, Julian Fleming with a 42-yard touchdown catch in a three-reception performance in the Under Armour All-American game. Saturday, the All-American Bowl, there'll be several other Buckeye future standouts there. C.J. Stroud, quarterback, will be there. Jackson Smith and Jigba, as well as Gee Scott Jr. So plenty of talent showing up and showing out for Ohio State this recruiting season. There is a lot of talent. Not going to be a topic today, but here on the Lock on Buckeyes podcast, I will give you some more reason, some more perspective for why you should be very, very happy, satisfied, content with the Ohio State football program that runs beyond just making it to the semifinals. I'll explain that coming up in the next segment. I'll also preview Ohio State basketball, which is back in action at home Friday night, 7 p.m. on FS1 against Wisconsin in a Big Ten showdown. Lock on Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. Check us on the platform of your choice. Make sure you tell a friend or family member. Spread the good word about the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. I'd greatly appreciate it. We're on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, including Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say, play Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Catch me on Twitter at KYLAM8 or catch the show at Locked on Buckeye. Thanks for listening to Locked on Buckeyes podcast. We truly appreciate all of your patronage. By now, you're undoubtedly aware that Jeffrey Okuda has declared for the NFL draft. Most certainly so, if you listen to Lock on Buckeyes podcast as we discussed it yesterday. On January 1st, he declared for the NFL draft by issuing a submission to the Players' Tribune. You may remember this is also how LeBron announced he was returning to Cleveland. But he didn't just stop there. He wrote one of the most amazingly powerful, emotional speeches penned to his mother, who passed away several years ago, detailing his three-year journey at Ohio State and many of the things she's missed since she's been gone. This was so emotional, so powerful. It was too good not to share. Some of you have probably read this already on the Players' Tribune directly. Some of you probably saw it and If you're like others out there, you are more of the book on tape kind of person and others just, you know, kind of glanced at it, maybe didn't get a chance to read it, wasn't really that concerned. I want to change the pace today and I'd like to read this from start to finish. I hope you take the next 10, 15, 20 minutes to hear this piece out because it's too emotional not to share. First and foremost, It goes above and beyond one of my biggest pet peeves. And sometimes you hear about the brotherhood. You hear about this uh, unwritten bond that teammates have and the love and uh, respect that they have for one another. And it's very cliche in sports. Sometimes it's legit. Sometimes it exists in many locker rooms across the country at various levels of athletics. But sometimes it's just lip service. But reading this piece, it brought out so many emotions because, number one, it tells us a lot about Jeffrey Okuda, about the love 
that he had for his mother about the way he was brought up. It also tells us it is a window into the locker room of Ohio State. It tells us a lot about the program, about the way players care for one another, about the way that they treat not only their football work ethic, but also how they feel about being legit in the classroom. It feels cliche to say, but this is really a program you should be proud of. And so as I was reading this, I was telling myself, you know, Ohio State fans right now are very delicate. Buckeye Nation is depressed. They're downtrodden. They're angry. They're frustrated. They don't know how to react to a college football semifinal game that just felt there for the taking. It was. It felt like a should-have-won situation. But I want to read this to you. Even if you read this yourself, I hope you will take the next several minutes to hear this out. Because I feel there is so much emotion, there's so much passion, loyalty for Ohio State, for Buckeye Nation, written through Jeffrey Okuda's words, interpreted for everybody to enjoy his three years living vicariously with him as Buckeye Nation. So I hope you will sit back, relax, maybe close your eyes, and just enjoy being a Buckeye through the words of Jeffrey Okuda, written in the Players' Tribune to his mother. Dear Mom, I'm going to start by telling you something you already know. I miss you. Now I'm going to tell you something nobody's known until right at this moment. I'm officially declaring for the NFL draft. I'm 20 years old, if you can believe it, which means it's been almost three full years since the two important things, most important things in my life happened. First, in January of 2017, I enrolled early at The Ohio State University. And second, later that same month, you lost your long battle with lymphoma. You passed away. It's hard to put into words everything that's happened since then, but certain memories have a way of standing out. I remember when Coach Shiano brought me into his office and told me you'd passed. And I could tell right away from that meeting how he spoke to me, how he comforted me, that he wasn't just doing his job. Coach was really there for me, like really there for me as a father figure. He knew I was a long way from home in Texas, and he did everything he could to let me know that while Ohio State may not feel like home just yet, it was a place that I could count on. It was a place where I could show my emotions and that would be okay. It was a place where I could grieve however I needed to and no one would judge me. It was a place where everyone would have my back. I hope knowing that makes you smile a little, Mom, just knowing that we really did end up choosing the right school. It's probably not very often that someone can know they picked the right college to go to after only a week of being there. But for me, that's what it was like with Ohio State. I'd barely even gotten settled there. I'd only been to a few classes, hadn't played a single down, hadn't done anything yet for the program. But there everyone was, even still, stepping up when I needed them to and treating me like I was family, no questions asked. It felt like the entire school was there for me, checking on me, rallying around me, sharing in my pain. Three friends in particular really came through in a special way. 
Baron and Tate, my freshman year roommates, and JK. I know you would always like Baron from knowing him a little back home, and you would have been proud of him the way he helped me like a true brother when you passed. Traveled back with me for the funeral and everything. And Baron was also really good about encouraging me to keep plenty of room in my life for your memory. We'd be getting ready for a big game, and Baron would just come up beside me and say something like, let's do this for your mom. Or this one, man, it's for Miss Marie. That always meant a lot. And then Tate, you know, I think you really would have liked Tate. You raised me to trust my own compass and judge people for myself. And I think Tate is one of those guys where there's been this perception of him that just, it just isn't true. He was always reaching out to me after you passed and not in a way where it felt like some obligation on his part. It felt like my pain was his pain and he wanted me to know that. He made me feel like I was part of his family. His mom would even check up on me. And stuff like that means everything when you've lost your own mom. Tate was always there for whatever I needed. And then JK, he came up really big in the way that he was able to relate to everything I was experiencing firsthand. His father had passed away in prison five years ago. And so he's kind of on a similar mental path as mine, only a little further along. And he just taught me so many helpful things about grief, about grieving a parent, and especially doing that while trying to excel at something like high-level football. JK showed me how he got into mindset where it's like everything he does, it's to honor his father. And just seeing the way that he was able to come back and be so strong from that loss, it gave me something and someone to look up to. One of the things JK would always tell me when I'd ask him for advice is, we can't afford to let our people down. I think you would be proud of how that's resonated with me, mom, and how it's struck with me in such a way, such a permanent way. Letting my people down just is not an option, and I know that. I know I only have one chance to get this right. And then there are so many other people from the Buckeye family that I want to tell you about. So many people who helped me along the way. There's Coach Meyer, of course, who not only brought me in, but also helped me find my initial role on this football team as a special team standout. He held me to such a high standard, and I'm grateful for that. Coach Meyer's a legend in this sport, and I'm also fortunate to have had the opportunity to play for him. Then there's Coach Day, who took over for Coach Meyer and made sure we did not miss a beat. That was huge. Coach Day's trust in me allowed me to develop over this past year as a leader, and he's also been a great leader by example himself. He has this unique personality, this ability to bring a big group together that I've learned a lot from. It's like... Yeah, football can be a cutthroat sport. It can get rough. But at the end of the day, we all have this love for each other. I want to make sure I keep some of that with me from Coach Day as I move on to the next level. There's Adam Stewart, our team physical therapist, and Mickey Marotti, a.k.a. Coach Mick, our strength coach. A lot of people might not know this, but I had a torn labrum for two years, and I got surgery on it in January of my sophomore year, which kept me out until May. And just the time I spent with those guys while rehabbing that injury and the experience of being on the shelf like that and getting to reflect on little, on certain things, it made a real impact and it shaped my whole perspective going forward. The positive influence that Adam and Coach Mick had on me, I think that's representative of what this program is like as a whole. It's a place where you can grow and mature, not only on the field, but off the field as well. And then there's Coach Halfley and Mom, I'll tell you what, you would have loved this man. I'd say as much as anyone else, he's the one who really helped me to become the player that I always wanted to be. 
I remember when he came to the program before this season, Coach Day had told us that we were going to be getting a DB's coach, but he didn't say who. And then we started seeing these rumors on Twitter and all about how it was going to be coach Jeff Halfley. And of course, none of us knew who that was. So we started doing our research and I was like, wait, this dude is coming over from the 49ers who just went 4-12, and 12, really? And we were coming off a bad season on defense ourselves. So I think at first we were like, man, what's going on here? But I kept an open mind just like you taught me, and I'm glad I did. Coach Halfley and our DBs were a match made in heaven. He was looking for redemption, and so we were, and so were we. And it just fit. One thing I appreciated a lot about Coach is that he respected my desire to learn in a way that's always felt real. He wouldn't just get up in my face or yell at me about something, and that was that. He would bring me in and actually pick my brain. He would let me go back and forth with him about the nuances of the game, not just the plays we were running, but the thinking behind those plays. And he's the first coach I had where I felt like when I came into his office, we could just talk. You know what I mean? Not always about football, but just talk and mess with each other and have those real conversations. Coach is leaving Columbus now for a job as the head coach at Boston College, and I cannot be happier for him. Those folks should know this. They didn't get a good coach. They got a great one. But it's also not just about the football program that I want to tell you about, Mom. It's all a Buckeye Nation. It's in the classroom where I've been majoring in communications and planting the seeds for a career after football. But I've also been able to stretch myself beyond that focus and take all these different types of classes. Mom, for real, I took three years of Swahili. Swahili. It was unbelievable. I had this awesome professor, Professor Fouts. And we developed a really cool relationship. Athletes don't always have the best reputation in the classroom, but I always knew you wouldn't have patience for any of that from me. And so I took a lot of pride in the way that, you know, anytime a person would come in with low expectations for me or for my performance in the classroom, just because I was an athlete, I always made sure I surprised them. I knew you'd be proud of that too. And it's also been out of the classroom, around campus and all of Columbus, that I've been able to develop all these cool relationships with people. Everyone is just so friendly and acts like such a community. And I don't think that's only because I'm an athlete. I think it's just how this group of people goes about their business. It really is a family thing. But ultimately, my closest family at Ohio State has been this football team. Man, this football team. I'm writing with a heavy heart as we just went through one of the most brutal losses ever, to Clemson in the college football playoff semifinals. It really could have gone either way. One bounce here or there. Mom, and I swear, I'd be getting ready for the national championship game. And to leave this program without winning a title, a national title, it hurts a lot. But I'm also trying to keep some perspective. And the truth is, I'm leaving with so much more to be proud of than to feel hurt about. Think about it. Three straight Big Ten championships three straight top five national rankings, three straight wins over the team up north, and a roster full of guys projected to play in the NFL. That's a pretty good run for our class. And while I'm not someone who likes to brag about individual accomplishment, accomplishments, I had to share this one with you. Spring ball leading up to my freshman year was not the easiest time for me. The first stretch of spring ball just on its own can be a challenge for most guys. But for me, it was also my first time playing football since you died. 
I missed you so much, but mostly I think I hadn't fully processed that you were gone. My head and my heart weren't all the way into it, and it showed. I flashed some potential, but I still had a long way to go. So when I was in Coach Coombs' office after our 2017 spring game for player evaluations, and Coach asked me straight up, what do you want to be? I would not be shocked if he was expecting a more humble answer than the one I gave. I said, I want to be the best DB in America, Coach, and I want us to be the best DB group in America. That's my goal. Best in America, B-I-A. I'm not really sure how that all came out of me, but I think a lot of it was just me thinking about you and what you would have wanted me to say in that moment and what you wanted for me in this life. I thought all about the incredible sacrifices that you made for me growing up and about how you did that because you believed in me. You believed in my ability to be great. And Coach Coombs was so good to me on that day, Mom. He didn't question my goal at all. He didn't ask me to qualify it in any way. He just took what I said in stride and then went about going to the drawing board. No, really, Coach went to the actual drawing board. That's literally the next thing he did. He went to the drawing board and drew this big, long line, and he said, Jeffrey, that's the line from where you are right now. And he made a big X on that spot to where you want to be. And he made a big X on that spot. And everything in between, that's how far I had to go. And that's what I had to do to get there. That was in April of 2017. In December of 2019, I became a unanimous first-team All-American at defensive back, BIA. That meant everything to me. And now I'm here. Now I'm here writing this letter, ready to move on to the next phase of my life, which makes it hard not to miss you a little extra. Because the last time I had such a big change like this to make when I was leaving high school for college, I had you by my side. And that was enough to let me know that everything was going to be okay. Whereas this time, when I think about things, it feels like I'm on my own. But then I think about things some more and I realize that maybe I'm not on my own at all. I have Karen, who's been the best sister I could ask for, and who keeps me to keep your memory alive every day. She lives in California now, but we've grown so much closer over the last couple of years. I have Aunt Jane, who's brought so much sanity in my life whenever things have related or whenever things have threatened to spiral out of control. You know exactly what you were doing by leaving me and Karen in her care. Thank you. I have all of my brothers from this amazing football team. No matter where they end up over the coming years, I'll have Coach Halfley up in Boston, Coach Shiano up in Jersey. I'll have my entire Buckeye family, both back in Columbus and around the nation. And I'll, I still have you, Mom. Maybe I can't reach out and hug you. Maybe I can't call you up and talk to you about life or classes or about how such and such such should have been a touchdown and are these ref blind? Maybe I won't be able to have you there physically sitting by my side, holding my hand on draft day in a new dress that we just brought. But you're still here. You've always been here. You were here when I was trying to figure out my life as a new student in those first few months after you passed. You were here when I was mapping out my goals as a defensive back with Coach Coombs on that board. You were here when I was welcoming this new coach of ours, Coach Halfley, with an open mind. You were here with me all season long, from the first practice to the last whistle, as I played the best football of my career. You were here for me after we lost in the semis to Clemson, in a game I wanted so bad and thought we were good enough to win. You were here with me as I sat down to write this letter. And as I get going on this next journey of mine, 
and say goodbye to Ohio State and start the process leading up to the April NFL draft. I know you're going to be with me here, with me then too. I'm sure teams will ask me about you. They'll ask me about my upbringing. They'll ask me about my mom, Marie, who passed away. They'll try to figure me out, to try to figure you out. And honestly, I can't wait because I'll just tell them the truth. I'll tell them that we never had the most money in terms of our financial situation and that we didn't have the most time in terms of our years we got to spend together. But we had the most love, that's for sure. We had more love than anyone could ever imagine. I tell them that I was raised by a mother who believed in me and who supported me and who always made me feel like my dreams were worth dreaming about and then fighting for. I'll tell them that simply put, I was raised by the best, B-I-A, and not a day goes by that I don't miss her more than anything in the world. Mom, thank you for everything. I still can't believe how quickly life goes by, how it's already been three whole years almost since the day that you passed, and how even right now as I try to finish this letter, it's only going to be a few more months until that moment we always talked about when some team calls my name and announcers pick me as their pick and officially makes me a part of the NFL. And I'm excited and I'm ready. I'm ready to take my place with the lineage of elite Ohio State corners and proud Ohio State alums. I'm ready to keep challenging myself, to keep grinding for more, to keep working hard as it takes to accomplish my goals. I'm ready to provide for Karen and for the rest of my future family to help these next generation of Okudas reach their full potential like you helped me reach mine. But most of all, looking back when you left, I was just a kid and now I'm ready to be a man. Now I'm ready for greatness. I'm ready to be my mother's son forever and always. Jeff. Friday night, sort of a pivotal bounce back game for Ohio State basketball. And not just because because of the loss to West Virginia, but it is also, of course, a Big Ten battle. Being one and one in the league so far, you don't want to drop a home game to a very erratic Wisconsin team. This Badger team is very, very tough to figure out. They've had some highs and lows this year. They're eight and five overall. They have wins against Marquette, a 20 point win against Indiana, 20 point win against Tennessee, but yet they've also lost to Rutgers, lost at NC State, lost to St. Mary's. They're just lost to Richmond, too. They're just a really tough team to figure out. Now, I will say this as we sit here, First game of January 2020, early in the new year, we know one thing. If Ohio State has a weakness, it has been turnovers. They have been very, very sloppy with the ball in recent games. So much. Look, West Virginia, you can give them a little bit of a pass because West Virginia is probably one of the most physical teams in the country. Really good defensively. They really get up, put a lot of pressure on the ball. They play very physically, as evidenced by almost 30 fouls called on West Virginia the other day. It's just one of those games where Ohio State, I think, probably went up against a really bad matchup for them that we didn't see coming. Because the turnovers have been there for Ohio State, but I wasn't ready to say that that is a consistent problem. But now I am. Look, I think if there's one weakness on this team, and ironically, we thought coming in that the turnovers would not be a problem because of the improved point guard play. The point guard play has not been really bad, but this team's passing has to get better. They have to make better decisions with the ball. Really, it's cliche sometimes to say they make lazy passes, but in this particular case, it really is true. Sometimes they try to to cram the ball into spaces that just aren't there. 
They throw lazy cross-court passes without you know, really getting any oomph on the ball. They have to be a better passing team. And it's not for a, a lack of intelligence. I, th- I think they're a smart basketball team. They have high basketball IQ. But they've just got to be a little less laissez-faire with the ball. And I think this Wisconsin team plays a really good defense. But if there is one good thing about Ohio State is that Wisconsin does not challenge the pass. They're not as physical. They're not as handsy. So this is a chance for Ohio State to really work into their offense and get a little bit better flow going. They're going to have to do it without Kyle Young, who had an appendectomy on Sunday. He's going to be out for this game for sure. He might be out Tuesday for uh, for the Maryland game. They're hoping to have him back either against Maryland or Indiana next weekend. So without Kyle Young, there's going to be more attention to the backcourt. They've got to be less sloppy with the ball. I like this team in every other facet. I like this team as shooters, as inside-out scorers. They're still very good defensively, one of the best teams in the country. They guard the ball very well. Great help defense. They communicate. There's a lot of great guys on this team. They play well together. They just have to become a better passing team. And I don't think it's all I don't think it's all uncorrectable. I really do think it's just laziness in some cases. They just have to be a little smarter. They have to think the passing through. I heard Dan Dockich in Columbus on local radio, 97-1 The Fan with Anthony Rothman and Bobby Carpenter say something that I really thought was right on the money. He said, you can pass to a player or you can pass open a player. If you pass to the player, it means you're just throwing it to your teammate regardless of whether where the defense is or how they're playing the ball. If you pass open a player... That means you're putting it in a spot where only your guy can get it and you can keep within the flow of the offense because you're creating a space or you're creating an opportunity for the player to score or make another pass. Right now, Ohio State has too many situations where they're just passing to a player. They're not passing open a player. I think if Ohio State gets that right, this team is going to go back to being a really, really good team, possibly even the favorite to win the Big Ten. I still believe they're one of the top five teams in the country right now, despite this flaw, despite this weakness. They're going to have to be a little bit tougher in this game without Kyle Young playing, but I don't think Kyle Young is going to make or break the difference between Wisconsin and Ohio State winning. So big game for Ohio State. They've got to work on and correct these little issues, especially because the Big Ten is about to get really tough. Not that Wisconsin is easy, but when you look at Maryland, Indiana, you look down the schedule, there are not a lot of easy wins in this league, if any at all. So Ohio State has very little time to correct these mistakes. You don't want to see them compound compound themselves to the point where they start losing three, four games in a row, because then you've thrown away the ability to have a great season. Ohio State has a really good chance to be a high seed in the NCAA tournament. I don't think anybody has to worry about that. But you've got a chance to have a great season because of your schedule. They've got a chance to have a one-seed type of season, a Big Ten championship and a one-seed. You can't afford to lose home games to Wisconsin if you want those goals to be on the table at the end of the year. So Ohio State-Wisconsin, basketball, back in action. That is Friday night, 7 p.m. on FS1. Of course, on Monday, we'll have a post-game recap of all the, the action that comes from Columbus here in this one. Glad you were able to listen to Locked on Buckeyes. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Of course, we are on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Be sure to tell a friend and family member. Tell everyone. Spread good cheer. 
in this new year on the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. We're on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say, play the Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speaker. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at KYLAM8 or follow the show at Lock on Buckeye or both. Thanks for listening. Hope everybody has a great weekend.